As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Star Wars Splash Page, comics in review. This is episode number 310, and we have so many Star Wars comics to talk about this week including Star Wars Visions, the second volume of The High Republic, and a superb issue of the flagship Star Wars Monthly that starts to get all the gears in motion. And then, of course, there's news, because New York City Comic Con just ended. So, you picked the right episode to listen to. Right, Jeff? Geek me all-knowing box sets stay open May 4th I'm hoping Well, they certainly did, Matt, but I have to say I have a confession to make to everyone out there uh, that has nothing to do with me. Folks, Matt has not seen Quantum Leap, the original series or the new one. I, I will, I will, I will rank it. I, I, I was, Matt, I was blown away when you told me that because of all of my friends, of every person I've ever met in my entire life, the one person other than myself that I would have put money on having seen Quantum Leap and being a huge fan is you <laughs> because it's such a, it's so tailor made for you. Because well, it deals with science fiction and history and Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. I'm just, I, I I'm befuddled. Well, as, as I explained to you, it came out when I was in college and I was doing other things when I was in college besides watching TV. Well, I suppose, I, I suppose that, uh, and it's a shame that it hasn't been on DVD for, you know, the last 10, 15 years. But anyway, folks, he <laughs> promised he's going to watch it. And, and I would just like to say the new series, if anybody is not watching it and you're a fan of the old series, new series, I, I would highly recommend. I'm three episodes in. I've been very impressed with it. Um, and uh, on this on last week's episode, they something happened. And I thought, I'm pretty sure that's not in keeping with the rules of the old show. And I paused and Pam and I talked about it for a minute. She said, yeah, well, maybe they'll explain it. Unpaused it. Not only did they explain it, they explained they 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 addressed it and explained it, and made everything right. So, so 
they did it to your satisfaction we're we're in good hands okay good yeah so yeah i, I highly suggest both and since the uh, halloween season is upon us season three episode five the boogeyman uh, is a great 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 halloween episode oh cool so anyway that's enough about quantum leap as you said new york comic-con is upon us i'm gonna go make some coffee while you tell us about all the news <laughs> All right. Well, New York City Comic Con uh, had uh, two pan- two two Star Wars related publishing panels. One was dedicated to the High Republic only, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then the other one was the Lucasfilm publishing panel as well. And this this took place, uh, you know, over the course, uh, you know, of the of, of, of the October sixth to the ninth event. But uh, essentially, from the Lucasfilm publishing panel, we got some really interesting tidbits. It was. It was, by and large, <laughs> a sneak peek at the February solicits, uh, which are due out either this week or next week. Uh, the most, uh, uh, to my mind, uh, and to our mind, is a comics-focused podcast uh, news was the fact that Sana Staros is getting her own miniseries starting in February. That was very exciting. Yeah, uh, it's going to be written by Justina Ireland, uh, whom you whom you will undoubtedly know from her work on the High Republic uh, publishing initiative uh they did not announce uh who the artist was uh but uh it looks like it's a para perez uh based on a couple of of the black and white pages that they showed uh so that's going to be great uh important to jeff and myself was also the fact that delilah dawson is writing a new novel rise of the red blade which focuses on a specific inquisitor. And if you want to get an idea of who that inquisitor is, pull out your copy of Darth Vader volume two, issues 19 and 20, because it's more than a passing resemblance. So, <laughs> so it was kind of cool. But you know, we also got a look at some of, uh, you know, some of the upcoming covers as well for February, including a, a really superb Casper Wingard, uh, variant for the star wars revelations one shot uh which features the uh, you know the eye of webbish uh webbish bog on top of uh, darth vader's helmet uh then there was a really great phil noto uh variant uh for han solo and chewbacca number nine uh which features a spe- a certain little saba from the pages of the uh lando calrissian miniseries that charles soul and alex believed did so i thought that was really kind of cool uh, well, you know, then, uh, you know, Alyssa Wong talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the future of the Dr. Aphra series. And, uh, you know, we got a, a cover, a cover look at issue number 29, which features Aphra with triple uh, zero and, uh, you know, and, and, and BT1 and uh, Aphra is still possessed by the spark. Uh, so that's going to be really cool. And then uh, there was a cover for Bounty Hunters number 31. Uh, and it's uh, it shows Vader force choking Valance, so uh, so that's going to be really really interesting. Uh, and then of course, uh, uh, Mark uh, Guggen Mark Guggenheim talked about the upcoming Star Wars Revelations one shot that's due out November twenty third, uh, and how it's going to set the sort of a the tone uh, as well as a a peak uh, at uh, Star Wars comics uh, in twenty twenty three. Uh, so, you know, all in all, you know, a very rewarding, rewarding panel. Uh, the High Republic panel uh, was pretty good in and of itself as well. Uh, you know, we discovered that uh, Daniel Jose Older and Tomio Ogata are going to be continuing the Edge of Balance manga into phase two. Uh, 
you know, with the uh, uh, the next one in that series being the Edge of Balance precedent, precedent and it's coming out in May. Uh, we got a, a look finally at <laughs> one of the covers for uh, the long delayed Star Wars The High Republic Quest of the Jedi one shot that Claudia Gray is writing. And this was, of course, by Ted Fowler. It looks really awesome. Uh, I was really impressed with that. Uh, then we, you know, we got some peeks at uh, covers for uh, The High Republic, The Blade, number four of four, uh, you know, featuring Porter Ingle, and it looks pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, also of interest was, you know, Ario Anandito was there, uh, and of course, he and his friends, they built a Keeve Trennis doll. I saw that. <laughs> it's really awesome, too. I mean, it's like, you know, like, good Lord, Hasbro, take, take note of this. <laughs> so... <laughs> But you know, he he discussed his uh, his artistic process, uh, you know, and you know, so you know, we got to see some black and whites from this week's issue of the High Republic number one, as well as some character studies of Kradon and the Twinkle Sisters uh, from the High Republic uh, volume two number two. Uh, so it's just really interesting stuff, and of course, you can see all of this uh, uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, I would not recommend going to the Twitter feed because you're going to be going through lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of tweets, uh, and then. Daniel Jose Older was really awesome because he was he talked a lot about uh, his uh, upcoming uh, the High Republic uh, uh, Adventures uh, eight issue series that he's working on for Dark Horse and uh, you know and basically you know the crew uh, Maz Kanata's crew was revealed so he you know he broke down who the characters were and you know we've got some new faces obviously but we've have some old familiar faces, i.e. Therm Scissor Punch <laughs> from Solo A Star Wars Story, uh, which is just awesome. And then Dexter Jetster uh, is, is in, in his book as well. Uh, and, you know, he uh, he tweeted a lot about this, and it, the, we have the, uh, the, 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 the feed, that, the, the thread that he did. It's on the Facebook page as well. Uh, he says that uh, this is a side of Dex... Uh, you know where he is a master storyteller uh and he travels the galaxy having adventures and having tales and telling tales and he also has a really wicked mustache so <laughs> so <laughs> i'm looking forward to that one. Oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so but uh and then uh you know i just it was it just seems like it's going to be a lot of fun and a, and a typical daniel jose older book you know which is a very high compliment of course uh uh you know art is being done by by tony bruno uh so you know it's you know it's going to be very enjoyable uh so it just it's 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 it was uh, it was star wars fans feasted they really did so it was a very rewarding uh convention you know with you know some new stuff uh some you know stuff we'd already known uh, but still uh all in all very 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 worthwhile, and I, and I do I do want to give a shout out uh, to friends of the force because they live tweeted both panels. Uh, we were not able to be there because I had to do a five k on Sunday, and uh, and I did. Wait, 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 wait! Like in a row? Yeah, in a row. Yeah. Wow. So I was under the weather all weekend, but it was it was really cool. Every time I opened up Twitter, my feed was just filled with with uh, with dispatches from. Comic Con, all having to do with Star Wars comics. I'm like, wow, there is a ton of stuff happening. This is great. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. So, uh, we 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 did pretty well, I thought. So, so and 
that's pretty much it. Uh, there were, you know, a couple of trades have been delayed by a week or so, but you can see those in the uh, show notes of, of this week's episode. So uh, that's kind of where we are. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's say we start with uh, Star Wars Visions. I guess this is issue number one. Do we know how many issues this is going to run? It's a one shot, but my oh, it is just a one shot. Okay. My my thinking is is that we'll probably see more one shots under the Star Wars Vision banner. So, but this this is the but this issue it's a one and done. Okay. So all right, and this is this is a uh, I guess a prequel to the episode of the Star Wars Vision show. And I, I remember this episode, full disclosure, much like Matt, I'm about to disappoint all of you. Uh, I did not finish the Vision series yet because it's getting to the point where if you don't watch something the week it comes out, it gets lost in the shuffle because there's so much content being released on a weekly basis everywhere. So Visions, I watched, I've seen pr- over half of them. I've seen a, a good two thirds of the episodes, but I have not seen all of them. But I do remember this one very well. Oh yeah, this was such a good one. So, because this, you know, this is the Ronan, you know, who the former Sith who was wandering the outer edge of the outer rim territories after the after the Sith rebellion. So, but uh, this uh, this this story takes place before what we saw in the TV show. Uh, so. Yeah. And we're not going to do like a blow by blow account of it, folks, because it's again, it's, oh, it's not you can't be, you can't because this 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 book is so visually evocative. It is. Uh, it, you know, it is like it is it is it is a splendid example of the art of manga adapted to tell a Star Wars story. Uh, and, you know, you can't go wrong with that. And, you know, and that's saying a lot even for me, because I am not a fan of manga. Neither am I. I, I don't, I don't, it's not something I understand. I, I get that people love it. I just do not understand it, I, but I would never begrudge anyone loving it. It's just no, not, no. it's I not mean, for me and that's okay. My, my daughter loves manga and anime and yeah, so I, you know, so I, I, I partake of it, uh, you know, you know, with her, uh, you know, but and gosh bless her, you know, she, every now and then she looks at me and she goes, I know this is very difficult for you to read, but you know, I appreciate you reading it with me. So oh, no, it's it's a great story. It's just it's not my style of art. So right, uh, story and art on this book uh, that is uh, by uh, Takashi uh, Okazaki. The English translation is by uh, Aki Yanagi. Uh, letters are by Virtual Calligraphy's Joe Caramagna, and there is a special thanks to uh, Kamikaze Duga. Uh, Okazaki is also the cover artist. There is a variant cover by Chris Pichala. Assistant editor on this book is Mikey J. Basso. The editor is Danny Kazem. The senior editor is Mark Venezia, and C.B. Sabalski is editor-in-chief. For Lucasfilm, we've got senior editor Robert Simpson, creative director Michael Seglane, art director Troy Alders. For the story group, we've got Matt Martin, Pablo Hidalgo, and Kelsey Sharp. Uh, the VP uh, animation development and production is Josh Rimes. And of course, the creative uh, art manager is Phil Schostad. And essentially, what transpires, uh, you know, is uh, is just you know we open up with uh, uh, an old man who's blind, wandering with an R two unit, with hair that might actually reach the sky. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and with an R two unit that is designed to look like the Kenner action figure in seventy eight. I was wondering if you were going to notice that. Of course, I loved it. I first when I when I realized that's what it was, 
I said, okay, uh, this is amazing, and I love whoever decided to do that. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, through the course... Droids, for the most part, the droids are the only uh, elements that have any color. It's all in black and white, that, with the exception and, of a few pages. Yeah, that, and, and of course, you know, some of the lightsabers. The lightsabers, right. But, uh, uh, so essentially what the story details is, you know, this blind man, who we find out later is a Jedi, <laughs> he encounters the Ronin, who, of course, is a former Sith. Uh, and uh, they uh, share a warm hot spring, uh, not a warm hot spring, but a hot spring together and some sake uh, while their droids take an oil bath. And uh, <laughs> while uh, while the Ronin's uh, astromech B556 uh, plays dice <laughs> with the Ewoks. I love that. So, I mean, you know, how, how can you not love that? That's just amazing. And uh, it, 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 it details the two of them talking about their past, but, you know, being rather cagey uh, and not being very revealing to one another. Uh, uh, and, you know, they conclude their, their, their soak together, uh, you know, and, and their stories by traveling together. Uh, and, of course... They have to part ways, and uh, of course, you know the 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 Jedi, whom we don't know as a Jedi. You know, look, come have another drink at the station below. And the Rodan is like, no, someone's getting me. Well, oh, that's too bad. And you know, we we see them approach, and uh, you know, and, and of course, you know, there's tr traditional uh, manga uh, affectations, and you know, and of course, this is very heavily rooted uh, in in in, in Japanese traditions. So, uh, and of course, as they part ways, you know, the Ronin looks over, hey, didn't you forget something? Forget? Yes. Don't you have to kill me, <laughs> Master Jedi? And then, you know, and it's, this is a great panel, this, this page, because there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven panels, all horizontal. And, you know, the Ronin. And you can almost hear, you can almost hear the, uh, Good, the bad, and the ugly theme song playing. Yeah, you really can. Yeah, actually. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, the Ronan, you know, we 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 see him. You know, that's where we we get our double double page spread. You know, of they've both got their lightsabers drawn, and the Ronan is lit up in red, while the Jedi is lit up in blue, uh, and they duel. Uh, but when you know, we 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 quickly realize after three pages. No, they don't, because the Ronan never put his hand on his saber. <laughs> so, you know, so it was a what if could have happened. And then the Jedi goes, I haven't forgotten anything. And if you are alive, our fate should cross till we meet again, sir. And, that, and the, to me, the best part of the book was the droids waving by. Saying goodbye to one another. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, it's a great story, you know, and... You know, it's it's thirty three on um, thirty two pages of story, but very little dialogue. And very little dialogue, but it's so visual. It's visually arresting. You know, you just you have to sit there and just drink it all in. And like I said, even for somebody who's not a fan of manga, I I was blown away by by the artistic presentation of this book. It was supremely well done. So, and I, I do hope that we get more of these because I, I will read them, <laughs> you know, especially if this, especially if there are, 
are as deftly presented as as this one was. Agreed. Agreed, absolutely. And this is one I, I I might actually pick up a physical copy of this. I might venture out to my buddy's comic book store and, and grab one because it uh, it's one that uh, bears uh, closer inspection in person, like uh, in print. I, I agree. I agree. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Wednesday to actually holding a physical copy and going through it. So. Agreed. Uh, so uh, up next, we have the uh, flagship title, Star Wars, number 28. Yes. With, with, a, cal- uh, with, a, with a great cover. I love this cover. It's an awesome cover. It's an EM disc cover as well. So uh, you, know, you got to love it. And you know, with Luke holding his yellow lightsaber all decked out in, in the, uh, a black Imperial uniform. Uh, and, you know, again, the cover tells the story, or at least a part of the story. Uh, and, you know, this issue is critical because it could have been really in your face, but it was done so smoothly with some of these little callbacks, as well as looking ahead. And and the writing of each of these characters is perfect. It the is. ones that we know are the people are the ones that we know, and the ones that we don't know, we learn exactly who they are. We do, we do, uh, and we also see, you know, again, this, you know, uh, of course, you know, as you know, the creative team, as we have denoted, you know, especially since you know issue one of this volume of Star Wars has been written by Charles Soule. Uh, we are in the midst on this arc uh, with a new artist, Andre Genolet. Uh, colors are, of course, by Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters are by Virtual Calligraphy's Clayton Coles. Uh, in addition to the EM just uh, main cover, there is a John Tyler Christopher action figure variant. And there's also a Greg Land and Frank D'Armada, a New Hope 45th anniversary variant as well, which is literally just what it is. You know, it's a, hey, it's the 45th anniversary of Star Wars and <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but this, this arc... You know, it. it, uh, it I, I didn't want to know. I don't know if you noticed. We have another credit on this, and that we haven't had before. We have an editorial intern. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got Noah Velasquez, who's our new editorial intern. So Noah, yeah. welcome aboard. I haven't seen that credit before, and I wanted to make note of that because that's that's great. Yeah, and well, one of the, one of the other little things that I noticed also in this, like when it listed the variant covers, uh, with uh, you know, with the artists, it listed what the what the type of variant covers were, which is very yes. helpful. So. Uh, so, uh, and then of course, uh, uh, Mikey J. Basso is our assistant editor, Danny Kazem, associate editor, uh, Mark Panizia is the editor, C.B. Sabolsky is the editor-in-chief. Same crew for Lucasfilm, with the exception of Emily Shkutani in, in the story group. Uh, get us up to date. The Calculus of Loss. Melton and his wife, Bevelyn, and their two kids are double agents for Crimson Dawn. Well, the kids may not be. <laughs> and uh, as far as we know, that yeah, would be a twist. They have been activated by air quote Antikira. Uh, again, that is an air quote. They are not her niece and nephew. So, no matter what the person on eBay trying to sell the first appearance of Kira's uh, niece and nephew is trying to tell you, they are not related. <laughs> <laughs> it is merely an affectation. Uh, they have. We have. We discovered that the two of them were stationed aboard. The second Death Star, which is being you know built, uh, and that will come into play in a very important way in this issue. <laughs> uh, they have tr- they have decided to defect 
uh, you know, as, as part of their, their operations for Red Crimson Dawn. Uh, but, you know, the Empire knows. <laughs> so they ended up having to crash land on Coruscant. But before they did, they got a transmission to the Rebel Alliance. Uh, and before the Rebel Alliance had time to vouch it, they had to make their crash landing into Coruscant, which is where we open up uh, with the Rebel Alliance fleet. And we get General Sindala with Commodore Gregg talking to Luke. And Sindala's like, you really think there's something about these defectors we should be paying attention to, Luke? Are you sensing this through your connection to the Force? There's something I'm starting to figure out, um, General Sindala. Everything's connected to the Force. <laughs> you think so, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then you turn the page, and this panel just absolutely killed me, Jeff. I love it, yeah. <laughs> you sound like Kanan. Is that a good thing? Usually. So. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about when I say they sound just like the characters. <laughs> they do. The, the really, writing is, is spot on. They really do. And then, of course, you know, Greg is like, all right, listen, if Luke Skywalker thinks this is worth our time, that's good enough for me. Full of everything we got on this contact. Let's walk him through it. Yes, sir, Commodore Greg. And we, you know, we've got our... our our comms tech here. We've got giving, yeah, he's just giving us an inf- an info dump. That oh, we, literally, literally. That we are yeah. stuff we already know. You know, we got we got uh, relay stations set up in out of the way spots. One of those picked up a signal from these two people claiming to be Imperial defectors. They offered to share information in exchange for safe passage and protection. And uh, he's basically saying that our team told him to sit tight, but then the call dropped. So after that, we let it go. Most of these don't pan out, or some are Imperial traps. And Harris says, and that's it. That's all we've got. He says, well. We took the shuttle signature. That's standard procedure. It's called the Scopius. He says, we can track the signature through the database and see if it's popped up anywhere since they talked to us. He says, he says whoa, okay, yeah. And they find out the Imperials put a system-wide alert on the shuttle. And so Harris says, this could be legitimate. Could be. <laughs> and uh, then uh, Greg says, asks Luke if he's sensing something. And he says, you know, it's not like turning on into, in, tuning into a comm signal. All I can tell you is something about these people seems significant, like we should be paying attention, like we should find that shuttle. And uh, so the uh, the comm guy says, you know, says the transponder drops, uh, pops up again two more times, first in the Aldalim system, uh, then it goes right back into hyperspace. He says the he- he- second hit, he says this isn't good. Next place the Scopia signal appears is Coruscant, and that's where we cut to level 2685 on Coruscant with the family. Yes. And uh, Bevelin says, Melton, we have to run. Find somewhere to hide. He says, no, Bevelin, you take uh, Reen and Zelly, which are the kids. There's something I have to do. And she says, well, we have to go together. He says, well, look, there's Coruscant security force speeders coming at us. That's basically imperial military. And so we have to find a way to slow them down. So he sends them away, goes back to the ship. And he tells them he's going back for supplies. And... um, and, and I love that she calls, she tells, asks the kids that they're hungry, you little rancors. And the kid, little boy goes, I could eat. <laughs> said, but what about that? So they leave without him. And he says, she says, he'll be just fine. And he's in the, 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 the ship going through rations, medical supplies and everything. But it gets set up on by the Imperial, the uh, Coruscant security. Indeed, indeed. And, and that's, and I guess, a self-destruct on the ship. Is that what he does? Yeah, he's trying to scuttle the ship. So, yeah, he wants to, yeah, he's, he's looking for the self-destruct button. And so as he's walking, running away, he's yeah, sure, I think I got hurt in that crash. Just let me sit down over here for a second, and then I'll, he starts running. And so they go after him right as the thing uh, explodes, and he, he makes it to the kids, and they, she says, she says, uh, Bevelin says, I thought you said nothing bad, bad was going to happen. He says, it didn't, not to me anyway. <laughs> It'll buy some time, but it's going to draw more attention. We need to disappear. So they 
from there we cut back to the rebels and, <laughs> and Greg says, what do you mean you want to go to Coruscant? She says, in case you've forgotten, Coruscant is where the Emperor lives. And uh, Hera says, we can send Pathfinders. And and uh, Luke says, I, they, she says there's a bounty all across the galaxy for you. He says, listen, I understand. But you've confirmed that both the Emperor and Vader are off-world at the moment, right? Just, yeah, according to our spies, they're on Vader's flagship off somewhere in the mid, mid-rim. That's a lock. He says, well, I can do things you... I love this. He says, I can do things the Pathfinders can't. Risks you'd never take, take aren't risks for me at all. And Greg says... You can do things Pathfinders can't. Risks I'd never take aren't risks for... Hey, wait, did you just... <laughs> all right, all right, I get your point, but never do that to me again. He's mad. Like, I think he's mad that he's startled. So. Both, yeah. <laughs> and so Hera gives him the go-ahead. She was like, she says, do you even have a plan? He goes, well, I have the start of a plan. Of course, that's a bad place for rebels. I just won't be a rebel. And that's where we cut to him and Coruscant, the works district, in his uniform. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this, this, is, uh, this is a great great page that uh, that uh, that Genole has drawn here and of course the coloring is perfect you know because we see the 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 plum and the violet and the blue of the course on skyline i love it how it all contrasts uh you know with the uh, uh you know with with, with the uh, the ship dropping them off and, and then the buildings as well and then we get a couple of pathfinders and and i want to i want to say uh it's cast namor but it doesn't look like cast namor so, uh, and of course, you know, because, and we know Shara Bay is not a Pathfinder, she's a pilot. So, you know, but it's just a couple of Pathfinders. And, you know, he, he looks at it and says, well, you're lucky we had that uniform from an officer we captured during a raid. Even fits you pretty good. But I can't say I think this is a very good idea, sir. Noted, Captain. And, you know, the woman says, I think it's a crazy idea, too. But for what it's worth, you actually do look pretty good in black. And, you know, Luke looks down and goes, huh, you think so? <laughs> so... <laughs> And and that may not seem like a lot, but to me it means it's it's a great great thing. It's you know because you know Charles Soule did not have to put that in there, but he did because now now you know. Oh, okay, now we know why he's wearing black and re- return of the check. Exactly, I loved it. Like, oh, you think so? Because <laughs> so, some girl told him he looked pretty in it, so of course. <laughs> And of course, you know, Luke's like, all right, look, I know you're worried. Don't, don't, don't be, I'll, I'll be fine. Just wait for my signal and then come down for the pickup. I, I know, I don't know exactly where their targets are, so it could be anywhere and it could be intense. Just be ready to move. Okay, you got it. We're on it. Great. And one more thing. And he hands over the lightsaber. And he and, makes a good point. He says, he says, if I, if I, if people see a, a saber, they're going to report it to the, for the Jedi bounty. He says, if I have it, I'm going to be tempted to use it. Oh yeah. So better just to leave it with you. That's and that's good thinking on his part. It's great thinking on his part. You know, it's it's very wise. So. And I said, well, what are you going to do? There are trillions of people on this planet. And he goes, oh, I thought I'd find myself some stormtroopers. Maybe have a word with them. <laughs> and and just, I thought it, trillions. That's a lot. But then I thought, well, if it's basically a city, a, a planet, it's, it's a planet-sized New York City. That's 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 uh, accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it's Coruscant. So, and uh, and of course that's where we cut to the you know to the the sewers, if you will. Uh, and, and you know the the family is running. You know, mom, dad, where are we going? Not much farther now. I mean, we'll we'll find someplace warm and and, and dry to rest for a while. Just keep going. Just make sure to keep quiet. It'll all be, oh, puppy. It's not a puppy. <laughs> it's a corridor ghoul. <laughs> and creepy is, looking thing. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is uh, this is kind of cool because this is a this is a legends creature. Uh, as a matter of not fact, not anymore. 
No, I mean, I mean, you know, the first mention was in the, the, the there was a mention of it in the Star Wars novel uh, Labyrinth of Evil uh, by James Luceno, which is sort of a direct prequel to Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and then, of course, they also make an appearance uh, in the uh, novel uh, Assault at Salonia. Uh, which came out in 95. It's the second volume of the uh, Star Wars, the Corellian trilogy. So uh, so it's kind of cool. However, there's one noticeable difference. Uh, is in this issue, Corridor Ghoul has eyes. Whereas in Legends, the Corridor Ghouls uh, did not have eyes you know, because they lived their life in the corridors, basically in darkness. So they never really developed eyesight or vision. Right. So, but... I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, they look they look creepy. They're like albinos with white eyes and everything. And then well, of course, yeah, they're just you know, like very very feline looking, almost like lizardish kind of things. So, and mom instinctive instinctively just shoots it because it's threatening her baby. And of course, that sets the uh, security force on them. And uh, and she he that's when uh, when uh, Melton tells her he goes, it was a quarter ghoul they'll down here, but. Your mom took care of it like she always does. And she says, we need to hurry up now, though. Pick up those feet, kids. <laughs> and so they're they're surrounded on all sides. And then the kid, the little boy says, there, no, there's another tunnel. I can see it. And Dad says, bless your young eyes. And then uh, there's Luke coming up. Hello, you must be the... And they start shooting at him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. She, you know, says. And he says, Yeah, he says, easy, I'm here to help. I'm with the rebels. And he <laughs> he uh, re- he takes her her blaster from her with the force. He says, Hi, I'm Luke. You move so fast. Just good reflexes. That's all. Well, how are you going to explain the fact that you just force yanked her gun out of her hand? It doesn't come up. But uh, you just they say, how did you find it? He says, I just found some stormtroopers and asked them where the search was concentrated. No problem. And then he asked the kids, are you doing okay? He says, yeah, mom and dad are keeping you safe. And he says, I bet they are. It's nice that he takes that moment. Oh, yeah. And then uh, he's there, the the commanding force comes by, the security force comes by, and they ask him for an uh, ID and proper authorization. And uh, the, the, the family saying, we can't fight that many stormtroopers. And he says, it won't come to that. He says, there are too many to, to fight and too many to trick, even for me. So don't worry, there's help all around us. I can sense it. <laughs> and so he cracks the roof and all the corridor ghouls just fall down on top of him. And I love that they're all, <laughs> there's one that just is falling on its back. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they attack immediately uh, and they all run away. And Luke just says, told you. And so they get them back to the rebel fleet, and we find out that the families with the intelligence people getting debriefed. Um, but he says there, Luke is telling uh, Admiral Akbar, Sindhara, and Mon Mothma. He says there are things you need to know. Well, Leia should hear this too. Where is she? And, and Akbar says she's in a different sector with another division. Part of the new policy to not gather too much of the fleet together at once. And Mon Mothma says, well, we can pass along anything she needs to know. He says, all right, Senator Mothma, Admiral General, Admiral General, this family. Their parents are Crimson Dawn. That's where he tells they were working under deep cover uh, as a cargo specialist and the primary aide to the commander of top secret wep- of a top secret weapons facility. And and Harris says, Kira seems to have people everywhere. And Akbar says, she undoubtedly has agents in the Alliance as well. We should. And Mon Mothma cuts him off and says, you're not wrong, but that's a problem for another day. Luke, what is it? What do you need to tell us? He says, the Emperor is building another Death Star. And this panel, the Ad- Akbar is just dumbstruck. Oh, they're all, they're all. They all yeah. are, but just Ad, Admiral, uh, Admiral Akbar's mouth is just. All of them. Yeah, I mean, Akbar, Hera, Mothma, they're just, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's just like, 
record scratch. <laughs> so, and and, then, uh, and my Mothma, I love just for she takes the issue. She goes, we, if we could do it once, we can do it again. Let's get to work, <laughs> which is exactly what you want from her. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, and, you know, and again, just, you know, the way the, the just the look that Akbar and Hera give each other, like, oh my God, not again. <laughs> so, but Mothma, you know, as, as, you know, as we're starting to see, uh, you know, the way she's being portrayed in the Andor series, we were seeing, you know, and as we saw her in Rogue One, her quiet, steely resolution comes, yes. comes out. Uh, although she's got a bit of a smile on her face, you know, all right. Well, oh, she does. Absolutely. Not even a bit. She is. Hand. Yeah, she's straight up grinning. It's it's great. Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, that's and that's what's really excited me about this arc is, you know, as, as I said at the top of the show, you know, we are now angling closer to the events, uh, you know, for, you know, to set in motion the events that lead to the confrontation at Endor. Uh, so I'm, you know, I've got my fingers crossed, you know, for those, those, you know, hopefully we'll meet those, those many, many Bothans who died. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I loved it. So, but, but it's also done in as such, it's, it feels very organic the way, the way Soul is writing the story. Uh, and, and I appreciate that a lot. So, because I, I gotta admit, I said this before on the show, but you know, when I was 13 years old, uh, you know, back at school after this, you know, after the summer of the Return of the Jedi came out, that was the topic of a lot of lunchroom discussions between me and my friends. You know, well, you know, how did they get these plans? You know, how did they find out that the Death Star was there? How do you know? You know, how how could they do it in secret? And, you know, now now we're now we're poised to really find out. It only took them thirty nine years to let us know. Well, better late than never. Agreed. And of course, you know, that's the that's the vantage point of you know, writing a, a parallel yet supporting story for a movie that's 40, 40, about to be 45 years old. <laughs> or, right. Not 45 years old, but, uh, was it 40? 40. Yeah. Yeah. 40. So, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's great. Looking and this forward. was a great issue. I'm, I'm really looking forward to issue number 29 because, you know, Lando and whom I think, to be Princess Leia behind that mask, and of course Chewie, and then we have uh, uh, Luke the Boy Wonder <laughs> coming down the step. <laughs> so, <laughs> so solid issue. I'm just this is just a very, you know, I don't know. I I I have not been dissatisfied with this this volume of Star Wars, but this new arc is just really it's got me really excited. This is this is when I think about a Star Wars comic. This arc is what I want. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. it's I agree. it's great. So we're gonna take a short break, and then we'll be back to discuss the High Republic Volume Two, Number One. Sounds like a plan. We should do that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so the High Republic, they love those number ones, being able to put number one at the top of a comic. Yeah, yeah. Now, also, what's interesting, it's apparently, and I, I, I was not able to confirm this yet, but allegedly, writer Kevin Scott said this series is only going to be 10 issues long. Okay. Which I kind of like. You know, I, yeah. I, I am a fan of these, these finite, self-contained series. So. Uh, with the exception of Star Wars and Dr. Aphra and Bounty Hunters, which should go on forever. Agreed. <laughs> even then, even if Dr. Uh, you know what? I would just be happy if Bounty Hunters and Dr. Aphra goes on forever. So, so No, I want all three. I want but, all three. But, but, yeah, and, but you know, to me, you know, it makes sense, you know, given that this is, you know, this is the part of the second phase of the High Republic. And, of course, bear in mind, <laughs> the second phase of the High Republic is set before the events of the first phase of the High Republic. Uh, now, most of you already know this, so I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, so we are getting brand new characters. Uh, you know, you know, but, and, and, and then we're going to see probably some, you know, some foundational bedrock uh, built up that we will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see and go, oh, wait a minute, and go look at the first phase, go, ah, oh. so, uh, but, all of you who always wanted Quentin Tarantino to write a Star Wars movie, this is what you get. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so all right. So, The High Republic, Star Wars The High Republic, Volume 2, Number 1. Uh, Kevin Scott is writing it again. Ario Anandito is the artist. We know him, though. We, yeah, we've heard of him. Yeah, he's a young up and comer. It's good. It's, it's about all time. over New York Comic Con too. I loved it. It's about time he got a Star Wars book. So, <laughs> uh, Mark Morales is the inker. Uh, Frank William is the colorist. Uh, the backup story artist, and there is a backup story in this book, uh, is uh, Andrea Bricardo. The letter is Virtual Calligraphy's Ariana Mayer. So welcome back, Ariana. We've missed you. Uh, main cover, of course, is by Ario Anandito. And then there are variants, because why wouldn't there be variants? So Marvel's variants are by uh, Jan, Dursima, Jan Dursima and Brad Anderson, which I ordered because it's Jan Dursima, uh, Mike McCone and uh, Maury Hollowell, and Phil Noto. There are also multiple variants uh, that uh, comic book retailers have uh, commissioned as well. So uh, good luck. <laughs> And getting all of those. Uh, Carlos Lau is back to handle the book's design. Uh, Mikey J. Basso is our assistant editor. Danny Kazem is our associate editor. Mark Panizia is our editor. C.B. Sibalski is our editor-in-chief. And, of course, for Lucasfilm, <sighs> senior editor Robert Simpson, creative director Michael Siglain, art director Troy Alders, Lucasfilm story group Matt Martin, Pablo Hidalgo, and Elman Shukrani, creative art manager Phil Shostak. <sighs> Good job. Thanks. Uh, and before we, uh, I would also like to point out that we have the Star Wars timeline. And did you notice that there's a couple of new additions to it? Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Reign of the Empire. 
and or in Age of Rebellion. Nice. Pretty cool, huh? Yep. I thought so. All right. So we open up. Uh, The worst Santa Claus ever. (laughs) So we are on Kifex, the inner rim, and we have a, a, a voiceover, if you will. Not many Jedi remember their lives before the Order. Bildar Mack always said he was one of the lucky ones. A joke? Maybe. The truth? That remained to be seen. And of course, as you know, this is being spoken, if you will, uh, we have literally a very nasty Santa Claus-looking guy with really, really long nails, red eyes, white beard, and, you know, just a uh, steel band across his, uh, the hood over his head with shoulder epaulets with horns and dead people uh, all around him. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw this, I thought, why is Santa Claus in Star Wars? <laughs> More importantly, Santa must have gotten really upset that some, nobody didn't leave any milk and cookies for him. Right. I know. This, this is, this is, this is uh, like Santa bot from uh, Futurama. Just everybody gets cold. Yeah, but it turns out this is a flashback. This is a flashback uh, for Vildar Mack. He didn't remember everything. How could he? He had only been four years old. He didn't remember his parents, and he did not remember his home. But he remembered when evil came to his village. He remembered the darkness, and he remembered the fear. Certainly not all the time, and not when he was awake. The memories came in fits and starts, and he thought he could control them. Of course he did. He was Jedi. And of course, throughout this entire page, you know, we see this evil being killing people all around him. And, you know, and Vildar is hiding. Uh, almost, almost, it brings to mind that uh, episode of The Mandalorian, uh, you know, where, where Jin was shoved into a, uh, like a, like a, like a tornado shelter by his parents, <laughs> you know, when the battle droids invaded. So, uh, and then we turn the page. But even Jedi dream, and that's where we have modern day Vildar. And he's awake, ha! Ah! And this is where we meet him. And he's. Who do you think he looks like? My initial thought was Dash Rendar, only, only not Ginger. <laughs> that's a good one, actually. That's a good one. Well, his defining feature to me is he has you know this white tattoo across his face if you will uh, but you know he's had it since he was a boy so uh, uh, but it's an intriguing start to the issue I really have to admit that what does that mean to you because clearly it means something to you that it doesn't mean to me well because you know we start with a flashback with extreme violence and you know and you know think about it you know, most Jedi don't remember their their very younger days. No, that's true, but I guess trauma. Yeah, trauma being trauma, and you know, so so he awakes and he's, you know, he's clearly on a on a passenger shuttle, and, you know, and his his seatmate, uh, whose species I do not know, but I am sure one of the listeners will know. Nightmare always happens and always happens to me in hyperspace too. On a pilgrimage, are you? There was one more thing Vildar had learned about Jedi in his 51 years serving the Force. People always wanted to talk, <laughs> <laughs> even when he didn't. 
So now I'm getting like flashbacks to airplane. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, no, uh, a new posting from the core. Staying here. Oh, I envy you. I'm only staying for a few days, long enough to visit the fountains of plenty, but I wish I could stay longer. I mean, who wouldn't? And we now find out she's a Sarkian. The Sarkian woman was right, and Vildar knew it. All over the galaxy, people would kill to be in his shoes. In fact, many had over the years to reach a special world with many names. The Pilgrim Moon. The Kyber Heart. Jeddah. The holy city was a sight to behold, a beacon of faith for the entire galaxy, sacred to, well, sacred to just about everyone. Now, before we turn the page, back before the, the High Republic by Marvel started, Volume 1, we had Ario on the show, and he talked about his love of architectural drawing. Yes. And, oh my goodness. I am so glad he has been allowed to flex his uh, his muscles on this because this two-page spread of Jeddah in its prime is it's 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 inspiring. It's truly inspiring. Uh, you know, and and the dialogue that the cabin has written here says that. And of course, I would be remiss if we did not cite specifically Frank Williams' colors here. Uh, indeed, throughout the book, it's it's muted but dusty. Bright, airy, yet suffocating. In other words, everything a desert planet should be. <laughs> uh, but to continue, the voiceover. Above all, Jeddah was a haven, a sanctuary. It was a place to retreat, to reflect and renew. A place where you could discover who you truly were and who you could become. <sighs> but not for this proud man. With this protector of the light, he knew exactly who he was. And he lands, the ship lands, they disembark. And then there's a call. Vildar, Jedi Vildar Mac. Wow. Bigger than I expected. Taller. Not uh, uh, I'm Maddie. I mean Padawan Mathia Cathley, but my friends call me Maddie, and I hope we'll be I'm babbling, aren't I? Let me start again. <laughs> I've been sent to meet you by my master, Master Lebon. You've met her before, right? I've met her before, and it's good to meet you, Padawan. Are we to go straight to the convocation chambers? Nope, change your plan. You'll get used to that. There's been a theft, a holy relic from the last known shrine of Seraph. Imagine that. The sister, well, sister, really. There's only one left. She contacted the convocation for help and, hello, that's us. Sorry, am I talking too much? <laughs> so, so already I love Maddie. No, it's, oof, and there's a basilisk. Bah, hey, watch where you're going, cricket Jedi. Beg your pardon? Oh, you'll get used to that. The Jedi aren't always the most welcome here on Jedi. So here's here's something that was uh, was interesting. So I saw all the, the references to Dexter Jetster. Yeah. And then this character looked somewhat like him. Well, he's a basilisk, so for, yeah. But it's for, so for a split second, I thought, oh, is this the Dexter Jetster saying? Wait, no, he would have to be like several hundred years old. Well, well maybe I, he is. Well, you know, I believe in Attack of the Clones, Dexter Jetster. Dexter... Uh, he was 360 years old during the Attack of the Clones. Really? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, maybe it is then. Who knows? Uh, well, but, uh, but this is not him, though, because he doesn't have a mustache. True. And he could never have just grown one yeah, after that. I'm just saying. One of his key oh. features. True. Aside from his four arms. <laughs> you know, 
But we digress. You're right. He it's says... His really, uh, really bitchin' mustache. Right. But we digress. She says, uh, Jedi aren't always most welcome here on Jedi. He says, not welcome in the Holy City. She says, but we, she says, used to rule the place? I wouldn't say rule. We'll govern it then. <laughs> a long time ago. And so, sure, some folks are in here have longer memories. It's not that bad. It's not like we get spat on or anything. Well, not usually. It hasn't happened to me for weeks, if you discount yesterday. Uh, <laughs> And she says, I have to admit, I was surprised you, were, you chose to come here. And he says, uh, what do you mean? He says, well, I read it in your file. You were supposed to go to the Togruta front line, but you turned it down for convocation duty. And uh, he says, well, I, and then we get somebody talking, saying, yeah, it sounds like a carnival barker. Step right up, step right up. And she stops and says, actually, hold that thought. I want to see this. Come on. And so we see this guy peddling something. He's a magician of some sort. And uh, he's doing his his uh, dog and pony show. He says, I'll show you shades of the spirit, uh, past spirits of the future, all through the arcane practices of the Bifashi mystics, mine to command and yours to savor. Or just a few zuckles, naturally. My sister is not circulating the donation plate. <laughs> and uh, this uh, uh, this uh, assistant is coming through. He says, would you care to contribute, Pilgrim? He says, and... Uh, the Jedi says, no, I don't have any. And somebody else knocks the plate out. He says, no, none of us shall contribute to this heresy. And the guy on stage says, is there a problem, sir? Oh, without question. I'm a truth sayer, Bifash, and I say that you are defiling the names of the and of the augurs to line your pocket. You are a fraud, a charlatan. So we have a religious disagreement here. And uh, this sort of lavender skin guy with white hair and long ears uh comes in and he says hey 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 fellas and you can almost hear his voice the way it's written <laughs> and he says no need for this unpleasantness it's not on the eve of the festival of balance and the guy says festival of balance there's no such thing he says i'm sure there is i saw it on a hollow feed the convocation of the force said and of course that sets him off again and he says the convocation has no authority here and no right foisting their so-called celebration on us and there's another guy you know chimes in yeah you tell the sefi gem licker and the, the young Padawan comes in and says, perhaps I can intercede. And he says, oh, there's another one. Tells her to stay out of this. Uh, you're not, you're as bad as a convocation trying to tell us how the force works. And she tries to tell him that's not the aim of the convocation. We aim to advise, to mediate. And uh, so that gets him in trouble. And he says, uh, she says, Jedi Mac, uh, she, they ask him, he says, is this your master? He says, no, he's a colleague, a friend. He says, well, he's awfully quiet. That's what he is. What's the matter? So, uh, Kifar, took, got your tongue? And the guy takes off running and says, maybe he won't lower himself to speak to the likes of us. Is that it, Jedi? And the guy takes off, and there's a droid there, uh, like a floating droid. I thought for a second it was like a uh, like a thermal detonator that had been thrown, but it's not. Because... And so he goes to run off, and this guy says, yeah, right, that's right. Run off and tell your lackey, let your lackeys deal with the mess. Typical Jedi. But you missed one aspect, though, is our, our lavender elf elf person stole something you're right yeah he he snagged something off from uh, someone and i yeah you just barely see it yeah from the guy who's from the guy who's raising a stink so he's he's uh pilfered something but which is why why vildar is chasing after him so. and so yeah wildar chases him comes to a dead end and he gets contacted by the padawan says where, where did you go the things are getting a little out of hand here and he says dank <laughs> And so we go back there, and these two these two guys are still just yelling at one another. And uh, he says, uh, the truth sayers of Bifash don't need help from the follower of the black eye. And he says, that's because you belong on the stage with that swindler, you know, good shark. You people wouldn't know the force if it bit you on the... Now, this reminds me of that Star Trek episode where you had 
you know, one uh, one race who was black on one side, white on the other, and the other race was white on this, that side and black on the other, and they were, you know, mortal enemies. It's it's much the same thing. Oh, yeah. So the Jedi comes back and says, this stops now. And, of course, shoves him. And uh, the guy, the blue guy, pulls a knife, says, what are you shoving? He says, I was trying to protect you. And who said, I need your protection? Kiff. And these... Uh, and then uh, they all get beset up on by this guy in red robes. He says, everyone just needs to calm the hell down as he sees this, this guy in the robe. And this person in the robe says, enough. And all of this fire just spills from him. It looks like fire. I can't tell if it's if we're supposed to see that or Yeah, or well, what? It's, like, it's like a phoenix above. So, you know, because if you look at this two-page spread, you know, that's just like this, this, this bird of prey erupts. Uh, you know, and, and obscures everything. And of course, everyone around is like, "Whoa, hold on!" <laughs> so, uh, and and then and then of course that's driving Vildar into flashbacks. No, not again, never again. And he, he ignites his green lightsaber. <laughs> so, and Vildar, wait, stay back, Padawan. I'll deal with this and him. Is that correct, Jedi Mac? You you know who I am, Vildar. This is Adept Tarna Mihak, the Sorcerers of Tun's representative in the Convocation. I heard there was a disagreement in the marketplace. The last thing I expected was to find a Jedi in the middle of a common brawl. I apologize, Representative. I, and then he sees you know, the face of the, of the man from, from his flashback. I didn't know who you were. Well, perhaps we can rectify that by returning to the chambers and discussing the incident with Representative Levon. And, of course, Maddie's like, I'm sure there will be no need for that. Adept Vildar was just a little zealous. Put it out of hyperlag. I am not suffering. Just go with it. No harm done. May the unity dwell in your heart today and forever. <laughs> and, of course, the look on the guy's face like, what? The unity? It's what they call the Force. How does a Padawan know so much about the Sorcerers of Tund? It's what the Convocation is all about. Opening dialogue between believers pouring oil on troubled waters. Trying not to start battles in the streets, <laughs> and they <laughs> they approach. You know, they 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 go to the shrine of Sarav in the Wayfarer quarter, walk in, and Vildar. So, what exactly are we looking for, Maddie? Sister Vicara, she was the one who discovered that the screen of the second site had been stolen early this morning. This is where it should be. See where it's been for centuries. Makes me so mad. I know I shouldn't, but I know I shouldn't. But it's been happening more and more over the last few months. What has? Religious artifacts getting swiped all across the city. Nowhere seems to be safe, not even the Temple of the Khyber. Although, don't let the Guardians of the Wills catch you saying that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, the Lanto representative believes that Spice Runner is using the works of artists collateral for their deals. One knows for sure. They might just think it's pretty. The screen definitely looked pretty. Uh, Vildar, I don't mean to be rude, but are you even listening? Not really, no. Oh, that's correct. Look, Saravi blood. You don't think there's that droid again? That droid. It was in the marketplace. Are you sure? They chase after it. You, the thief. You killed her. Careful. You could have. You could have someone's arm off. How are you doing this? Because yeah, he's because the guy's dodging every every move he makes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you'd be amazed at what I can do. Force abilities. I've mastered them all. The Tali, the cry of the broken king, not to mention Morocro, the touch of death. Ha! Now I know you're lying, says uh, Vildar. The ability to stop an opponent's heart using the force alone, it's a myth. 
story to frighten younglings in their beds. Yeah? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know, he pins Maddie to the wall. So tell me, Jedi, I know it. So tell me, Jedi, know it all. If Moracro's not real, how can I do this? And he puts his hand on Vildar's chest. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, <gasps> remember what I said at the beginning about Vildar Mac? That he knew what he was, where he was going. That much was true. But it wasn't the complete story. Not by a long shot. That started as he lay dead on a cold stone floor. Turned out death was just the beginning for Jedi Vildar Mac. He just didn't realize it yet. And nah, neither did I. Not even when I killed him. <laughs> what a twist! It's been this guy's voice over the whole time, not the Padawan. Exactly. So Nicely done. Very, very interesting. And then, and then I, we get a backup story that just stressed me out. How did it stress you out? I liked it because you know, we got to see the statues of Jedha actually standing upright. You did, but we also just saw a bunch of people yelling at one another and, and <laughs> being just completely intolerant. And, you know, it help, doesn't help that I was reading this on Indigenous People's Day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a decent backup story. I guess, do we know if every issue is going to have a backup story, or was it just this one? I do not know. Okay. So, we will find out, though. Yeah, very, very, uh, very interesting story that's being started here. I, be, I, I can't wait to see where this is going to go. No, but, yeah, the gist of this is, you know, uh, you know, we have some narrative background here. There used to be four of these statues built when the Jedi governed the Holy City. They were supposed to be a comfort in times of darkness, a reminder that Jedha was protected. Only this handsome devil remains. His siblings lost to the desert long ago. There are plenty who'd like to see him go the same way. Me, I just like it here. It's the only place I can get a beep, beep, beep. Hello, Master Liban. Ah, Olivia. Good, am I disturbing you? <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not going to make it to today's meeting. I'm needed at the second spire, but... You're, have, you're going to have to go in my place. I trust that won't be a problem. No, no problem at all. <laughs> I'm sure the convocation seemed like a good idea when it was first created, much like the statues. An advisory body designed to promote understanding between the various religious groups on Jeddah. A place for deliberation and debate, where all are welcome. <laughs> so, oh, for the love of force, she says. What's not to love? Representative Killon is leader of the convocation. You have to do something. I hear you, Representative Illaris, and I agree this is intolerable. Representative Cyrene, please lay down your weapons. There is no need for this. There's a brawl already commencing. The Falanasi follow the white current alone. To think that we would even consider standing alongside a disciple of the dark tide. Uh, the Yakom envoy is not a dark sider, Representative Cyrene. None of the Yakom are dark siders. <laughs> More lies. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. It just starts here, it just goes to 11 and stays there for the next several pages. Everyone knows that the Yakum swim the dark waters. They are dangerous aggressors who seek only to divide and corrupt. So, uh, and let's just take a moment to look at the various factions here. <laughs> it's, this is almost D&D-esque. <laughs> I mean, it a, is. We've got a druid, we've got a cleric, see, we've got an assassin. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, no, Cyrene. We Lonto have a long history with the Yakom. They renounced their allegiance to the Dark Path generations ago. They are strictly neutral, striving for balance in all things. But why don't they speak for themselves? <laughs> so, 
<laughs> and that guy is uh, part of looks like he's what a part of Flocoon species. Yes. And I used to know what that was off the top of my head, but now I don't. So, ah, Keldor. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, uh, so it's just this, you know, you know, and of course this guy is from the Matukai. You know, we and they, they, I get they they each they basically they each take turns attacking everybody else. Yeah, at a convocation designed to foster dialogue and understanding. So. <laughs> And that, of course, is when Jedi Zevaron ignites her blade. <laughs> you know, she's like, all right, not like this. Stand aside, Jedi Zevaron. It is not for you to tell us what to do. The Falanasi concur. This is not Coruscant, Jedi. You have no dominance here. No, but I have eyes. You say you want to protect the light against the divine nature of the Yakom, but has it occurred to any of you that the only Yakom is that... Has it, but has it occurred to any of you that the Yakom is the only one who isn't fighting? Oh. <laughs> oh, you are right, of course, Yakoman boy. On behalf of the Convocation and the Church of the Force, may I offer my humblest apologies. Is there anything you would like to add to your application? <laughs> and this person rightly says, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, the Yakoma arrived on the Jedi on Jedi looking for peace, uh, a place of peace and harmony. It appears that the search must continue. The Yakumbi envoy respectfully retracts her petition to join the convocation of the Force. May the Force be with you, as I believe the saying goes. Now, of course, uh, this is a pretty deep cut too. Well, not, not too deep because the Yakom was mentioned in Cabin Scott's Dooku Jedi Lost. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, they were, you know. They were part initially of the dark side, so but uh, you know, deep when uh, Dooku and uh, Sifo Dias were Jedi initiates, they uh, they sneak they snuck into the Bogan collection, and this is you know uh, this was a pretty important part of that story uh, because the Bogan collection, you know, it's a forbidden section of the Jedi archives at the Jedi Temple in Coruscant, and what kind of artifacts did it contain? Sith artifacts. Artifacts from the Sorcerers of Tund and the Yakom. So, very, very interesting. So, and they, and after, of course, after after they leave, everybody is is much calm. Yeah, it's, far much more much more calm. So, which is well, I think that concludes the business of the day. And the Jedi goes, really, you don't think we should discuss what just happened? Yeah, Representative Klein, uh, Klein is correct, Olivia. Tomorrow will be bring a fresh perspective, I'm sure. She's right, and they wonder why I spend so much time in the desert. <laughs> Joe looks in and kisses. My name is Radicus Dobbs. I wonder if you could help me. Most folks call me Sunshine. I'm here to speak on behalf of the path of the open hand. Am I in the right place? And the Jedi says, funny thing, Mr. Dobbs. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing. The path of the open hand is a, is a creation uh, for uh, the second phase of the High Republic. And it, it has been sort of been listed as an extremist missionary order from the planet Dalna. So, uh, and essentially, uh, they are led by uh, Elisha, who's also known as the Mother, and they believe that no one should be using the Force. <laughs> so, nice, especially the Jedi. So, <laughs> so I suspect that we're going to get a backup in each of these issues, or at least for the first part of this arc. Because uh, it sounds like it's going to kind of inform what's happening in the 
the the rest of the book? I think I think it might. So you know, we will we will see what happens. But uh, you know, it certainly would not surprise me. But yeah, so yeah, really, really strong first issue. I'm looking forward to see what happens here. Uh, what have we got for next week, Matt? Oh, uh, it's going to be a tough week for us next week, dude. Uh, I mean, it's going to be really, really hard. We so have much, like one book? So much to read. <laughs> yeah, we only got one book. Okay. <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got Darth Vader 28 due out on Wednesday, October 19th. Oh, good. Uh, we can savor that one. Yeah, and uh, ostensibly we should be getting on Tuesday, October 18th, Darth Vader Volume 4, Crimson Rain, which collects issues 18 through 22. Oh, nice. It's a good arc. Yeah. Excellent. All right, well, we will be back next week to discuss that book and anything else that happens between now and then. Force, Force Star Wars Splash page, I'm Jeff. I'm Matt. May the Force be with you. Star Wars Splash Page theme song is Mark Hamill Can Handle by Chris Cape. Check Chris out at chriscape.com and on SoundCloud, on Twitter at Chris Cape, and on Facebook. Stop peeing!